And now, here's your resource queen, Alex Litwack. Welcome. I am in the offices of Derek Weaver. His business is called Heal Your Disease. He is a certified herbalist, a certified comprehensive iridologist, and a certified Reiki practitioner. Hello, Derek. Hello. How's nice, it going? Good. It's nice to see you. It's been a while, yeah. It has been a while. All right, so today we are going to focus on digestion. Okay. Because it's an issue, it seems to me, for pretty much so everybody. Core issue. Core issue. Quite literally. Yep. Our digestion is the center of our body, right? If So if you think about it, a lot of people will say it's our second brain. I, a lot of times, think that it's your first brain because if you damage your head, your gut still works, right? But if you damage your gut, your head might not work very well, right? <laughs> so, you know, if you think of the, the center of everything and, and how health kind of radiates out from the gut, you really start seeing how important it is. And then you start seeing the maps of, you know, everybody's familiar with reflexology and how there's a map of, you know, the whole body on a hand or a foot. Your body is covered in maps like this, and the intestines have their own map. And so when you start looking at different um, problems with getting nutrients to an area or detoxifying an area, it's really pretty fascinating to see how the digestion or the elimination or the absorption of water even can affect just particular areas of the body. I've never heard that before. Mm -hmm. So specifically we're talking about the small intestine? No, the whole system. The whole system. Okay, so let let's say somebody comes in with uh, stomach digestive issues. Sure. What what kinds of questions are you asking them to get to the point where you can say, ah, that's because of X? Well, you know, to be completely honest, a little bit of just kind of cheating because all of us are highly impacted by our environment and our diet, and we all live this kind of standard American lifestyle that is just horrible for us. And some of us are catching on to it and starting to change things, but if somebody comes in and says, oh, I've got acid reflux or, you know, I'm, I'm barely pooping or something like that, these are things that just kind of reinforce that, yeah, there's something going on in the gut. So things that I usually start off asking is, about their diet, you know, what's a standard breakfast, lunch, dinner, are you a snacker, do you drink, do you smoke? And, and I try to get a general idea of what this person's doing to their digestive system every day. And then from there, I go into just their environment. You know, what's your home life like? Are you surrounded by EMF? Do you got power lines over your house? Is your neighbor spraying chemicals on their lawn? Is, you know, your husband or whatever scream at you every day? Do you have a really stressful life? Because that all plays a role. And then you go into work, right? All these things play a role in something as simple as digestion, right? And one of the big ones that I always tell people is water. We're all chronically dehydrated. And if you can start by drinking a lot more water, your, your digestion just moves so much more swiftly, right? We are a flow of energy from head to feet, cycling over and over. If you want to look at it as electromagnetism, you want to look at it as chi or prana, if you want to look at it as, you know, you drink water and then you pee water, it's all moving in the same direction, right? So you have to think about that with your food, too. It needs to keep moving. You think of something like a stagnant pond and how it starts breeding disease and bacteria and just all this icky stuff. 
how are we any different? We're part of nature. We emulate nature. And so if you don't keep that flow of energy moving through the body, you end up with potential problems or just the environment for a problem to occur. What is your rule of thumb as to how much water someone should drink a day? So my teacher, Dr. John Christopher, and um, one of his teachers, Dr. Arnold Errett, would say something like one fluid ounce of distilled water per pound of body weight per day. So if you're 128 pounds, that's a gallon of distilled water per day. Wow. Right, yeah. So most people are drinking a couple bottles of water a day and think they're doing well. You know, I challenge people, if I have somebody that comes in here and they're 300 pounds, I can't tell them to just go drink three gallons of water a day because they're going to laugh at me and never do it. So I tell people, challenge yourself to get to a gallon every day. If it's a hot day, you're working outside, you're sweating, sure, push it more if you're still thirsty. If it's cold and you're barely moving or doing anything, I understand if you don't get to a gallon, but that's just kind of a, a rule of thumb. That's an easy thing. If you really want to gauge it and know how much water you're drinking every day, go buy a gallon of water at the store. You know, it's like a dollar, and then you know how much you have left for the day. If you carry that around with you all day, it's kind of a gauge. You know, it's a reminder. Are you hydrating? You know, people go on about, they, they whine about have to go to the bathroom. You know, this is a part of life. If you can't take five minutes to get up off your butt and go take a pee, then we have other things to talk about first, you know. You got to flush this stuff out, right? We got to clean that stagnant pond. Yes. Now, I've heard other people say, take your body weight, divide it by half, and mm -hmm. drink that many ounces of water. Right. So... My understanding from all the years of doing this is when you work with distilled water, you're working with something completely different. The distilled water is pure H2O, okay? So there's, there's no minerals in it. And most people will freak out at that because you have to have minerals in your water. Or, you know, if you don't have minerals, then it's not an alkaline water. So a lot of people will um, freak out that there's no minerals in that water. And the fact that there's no minerals is, is exactly what we want because it is pure water, and before that water can absorb in through the cell wall, it has to eliminate anything that, that can't be there, right? It, it, your cell only wants the pure water, not necessarily the minerals with it. Those minerals may be utilized, but if they are not a, a naturally plant-based living nutrient, it's just going to be absorbed or accepted into the soft tissues and not energetically bonded or assimilated. And so when you have such easy flow of water in and out of the body, that cell can take on the water and it flushes it out and it's hungry for more so it can flush out more. So you actually become more thirsty and you want to drink more because your body starts flushing to a point where you kind of get flushed out on the cellular level a little more and you actually kind of balance out. I mean, drinking a gallon of water for me, you know, I'm 185 pounds or something. A gallon of water is still just about right with me, but I'm also eating lots of whole foods, which have a lot of water content to them, whereas if you're eating steak and potatoes every day, you're eating a very dehydrating meal. So more water would be critical to help rehydrate the bowels and flush things through, but when you have that, that mineral water, that spring water, it just doesn't utilize as well in the body, and your body spends more time removing those inorganic accepted materials out through the kidneys. So everyone who's out there drinking electrolyte water, mm -hmm. you're saying not such a good idea. It's a waste of your time. Really? It's a waste of your time and money. 
Now, that doesn't mean that all electrolyte supplements or waters are worthless. You know, I, I tell people, like, let's go out to the parking lot and grab some gravel and chew on that. That's minerals, <laughs> right? Right? What, what about seashells, right? Sand. These are all minerals. We don't consume those things. Why? Because they're dead in organic compounds. We have to wait on plants to convert them into a usable mineral. And so if you make something like tea, right, you're taking a natural plant mineral and you're infusing it into water, and we're water, so we just readily absorb and assimilate those nutrients. So we get our minerals through plants, just like you know, you can get minerals through a lot of things. You can get through, say, Himalayan salt or something, but it's just not efficient. My teacher, Dr. Christopher, would say you can hold a handful of salt and count out about 20 grains, and that is all your body will actually be able to convert. And the rest of it becomes accepted material that needs to be flushed out with something like distilled water, a liquid empty sponge. So it's going to go through and wash and clean the kidneys. And people will say, Oh my goodness, they, 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 I've been told that my cells will explode and all kinds of crazy things will happen for drinking distilled water. I've been drinking it for over 10 years. I will never switch to anything else. You think of like kidney stones or um, muscle cramps or arthritis, right? Those are calcium deposits, right? Calcified arteries. Well, calcium's a mineral, right? Well, distilled water is going to leach all the minerals out of your body. Thank God. That's what we need, right? How many people do you know that are stiff, that have vision problems, have heart problems, have cramping or, or anxiety? This is a, you know, it's an, it's an acid problem, acid-forming diet and lifestyle, too much stress, too many bad foods, and it's a, it's a dehydration problem. It's not drinking the right water. They're not flushing that crud out of the body, and the distilled water is really, really, really good at doing that. So distilled water is number one. Absolutely. Alkaline water, electrolyte water, reverse osmosis water. So reverse osmosis is a close second. Okay. Right? But we're, you, you want to think of it as distilled is emulating a natural process, right? I would say rainwater, but, you know, I don't know if you've looked up in the sky lately, but it's pretty gunky. And then that water hits the ground, and it's pretty gunky. And so by the time we would actually get that water, you're going to have to filter it anyways. It's still probably going to be better than your tap water, but not by a lot. So the distilled emulates that process where a reverse osmosis is a filtration. It's, it's a, you know, a, the filters have to be cleaned and maintenanced. And I can tell you from my experience and my research, the filters don't get changed nearly as much as they're supposed to. And I've known plenty of places with um, reverse osmosis systems that the water comes out tasting like the tap water that's going in because it didn't get maintenance on its properly schedule. Yes, those filters do need to be changed basically every six months, I think. I think it's a lot more frequent than that. I tell people if, if the rating is family of four every six months and you've got four people in there, do it every two or three. Yeah. You know, really, because once that, that filter, that sponge gets full, it's really not doing much anymore, right? And so you have a great filtration system for a few weeks, and then it dies off real fast. So if you want consistency, you kind of have to stick with something like distilled, unless you're going to just spend a ton of money in filters. We need minerals. Yeah. So if we're not getting them from our lovely little electrolyte water, mm -hmm. or, and we're not taking an electrolyte supplement of some kind, right. how, are, how are we to get our minerals? Your herbal teas, your salads, you know, basically eat your plants, 
right? Eat them and chew. If you're going to have a salad, chew it, chew it, chew it, chew it, chew it, right? Digestion starts in the mouth, and so many of us just just swallow right away, and, and that food doesn't get a chance to digest. Therefore, you're putting more and more food in and not getting the, you know, you're not utilizing it. It doesn't have a chance to break down properly, so then people pass things undigested. Whereas if you chew every bite, I mean, you challenge yourself to something ridiculous like 30 chews per bite, right? Even if you fall short and you hit 20, it's probably better than the five you did before, right? So chew it, really try to mix that saliva with it because those enzymes in there, the more that saliva is produced, we get like a pint of saliva per, per meal, supposedly, a healthy individual. That's a lot of spit. So if you really chew it and you really mix that saliva with it, the more that saliva you're producing, the more gastric juices are produced. And, and there's this kind of trick, right? The more of a particular enzyme that's needed, say amylase enzyme for sugar, the more your pancreatic juices will start kicking up. And so you produce more insulin so you don't get the big insulin or blood sugar spike. So your body needs you to chew more and then you get all the nutrients out of that. If you're not doing that, you know, I do a big shake every morning and I do like a, you know, a protein, vegan protein powder. And um, I just use like chlorella or spirulina or something like that. I mean, that's a multivitamin itself and it's packed full of all the minerals you need in the easiest to use forms. If your food's not coming from an organic farm Mm -hmm. or non-GMO vegetables and fruits, the mineral content of that food may not be that high. True. It's true. But there's still, for that plant to even exist and grow, it's going to have to have minerals or it wouldn't grow, right? You look at something, I'm a gardener, you look at something like, um, they call it blossom rot on your... um, tomatoes or your peppers or things like that where you get this like spot that looks like it's rotted that's just a calcium deficiency in the soil right add a little bone meal around that plant and that will a lot of times solve it in just a few weeks like the new peppers coming on won't have that so sometimes you have to kind of supplement this stuff back into the soil um, if you're growing your own or be mindful Uh, you know i challenge everybody just go meet your farmers go ask a bunch of questions if they're doing it right if they're doing it right they're going to brag about it, right? Somebody like Joe Gady up in, you know, uh, north central Indiana, he covers his two acres with uh, sea minerals all the time, and he gets carrots bigger than your arm. You know, he can grow like, I forget what it is, but it's just like tons and tons, like 10 tons of carrots on two acres. So there are people doing it, you know, and there are people that use compost and things like that, and that returns that those minerals to the soil, right? Gathering your leaves and putting them on your garden at the end of the year. That puts those back in there. But yes, if you're getting USDA certified organic from Walmart, you know, it's probably coming from California or Mexico or someplace that has been over farmed, and you're not going to get the, the, the spectrum of minerals that should be there. So yes, your food is not as nutrient dense. However, there is, um, and actually I met a guy who has been doing sort of a, an, a natural aquaponic kind of system where he's using the fish waste to fertilize his gardens, which then increases the mineral content. So you get this kind of closed system where he's growing yellow perch and really high mineral density fruits and vegetables. And it's just, you know, we're coming back around to this, right? It's it's not, I know there's a lot of concern about the monoculture and, and the, you know, big ag and all that stuff, but just look at the state of the world. Look how we're being pushed back to Main Street because nobody wants to work for these big corporations. People are starting to realize that it is really critical that I invest my money in something local. 
and, and really your life depends on it. It's not just your well-being in, in the economic sense. It's are you going to be able to raise a family healthily? It, it's really all one big thing, and it all comes back together to supporting your community, growing your own food, and sharing with your neighbor. You know, That way there's transparency, there's integrity, everybody's helping everybody. Yeah. Is there anything in a package that you would eat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm a standard American too, right? Like, I'm I'm not perfect by a long shot. I like sugar. I guess I'm pretty picky about it. And I try to live a detoxing lifestyle. I try to support my digestive system. And and I've learned over the last 10, 15 years to really, really focus on. Okay, this makes me feel this way, and and really pay attention to these connections. And if you really do that. I can actually be on my way to pick up some Indian food or something and get just a little like hint of heartburn because my body's telling me, you do this and this is what's going to happen. Or I can make my morning shake and before I even get done shaking it up and making it, I've not sipped on it at all, my stomach starts gurgling because it knows what's about to happen. So there is this energy or this, this vitality that you can start picking up on after a while, but you have to get clean enough and really practice it, just like any other muscle or any other thing that we do. So, yes, there are things I eat out of packages. You know, some of them I'm not real proud of. But <laughs> we all have to live a little. We have to compromise. Well, I think perfection is overrated. I do. I think, I think um, anything to an extreme can set you up for failure mm-hmm. as opposed to setting you up for success. Right. Number one with you is water and in, in particular distilled water yes what's the second thing you tell everybody breathe you know that's a simple one people come up to me and they want free advice you know first off it's the water if they want something else somebody's got a lot of anxiety or just stress in their life just breathe so many people are so tense and they you can just a little bit of meditation even if it's just five minutes of just Put your feet on the floor and imagine your breath in the center of the earth. And then as you inhale, you're pulling that breath up through the body, right? Just feel it move up through the legs, up through the head. And then it's like out the top of your head, like you're reaching up into the heavens. And then on the exhale, you come right back down through the body. And you're, you're, you're connecting yourself to earth and the heavens. You're, you're getting that good, long, deep breath in there with a longer exhale than inhale. You're you know, realigning the chakras, you're, you're just bringing flow, that energy flow back to the body, right? It, it, it all comes into that, and it's free, and it takes 10 seconds. You can even do it at a stoplight. If somebody is cutting you off and you're angry and you want to, you know, throw them the bird or something, just stop. Don't take that on. Don't infuse it into your system. Breathe, forgive, let go. You know, somebody asked me a long time ago, what's the most important thing in healing? And I had to sit there and think about it for a minute, and it all came down to forgiveness, right? If you can't forgive yourself, you can't forgive those who have harmed you in any way, I don't care how horrendous it is, you're still holding on to it. And if you're holding on to it, then you're doing something to compensate for that feeling, and a lot of times it's food or bad habits. And detoxing Mm -hmm. is not just detoxing physically, you're talking about detoxing emotionally. Absolutely, yep. And in iridology, you know, I, I know you were wanting to talk about that a little bit later, but 
they're in, in the sclera, in the whites of the eyes, you can see how people's emotions affect them physically. And it's fascinating. People come in, I'll be like, you're not speaking your truth. That's why your thyroid's not working. And they're just like, give me this funny look. And I'm like, is it true? And they're like, well, kind of, you know, like, and just little things like that make massive differences in people's lives. Yes, very much. And I think a number of things that you are referring to, not just the standard American diet, but the standard American lifestyle. Right. When you say chew your food 30 times each bite, I'm sure there are people listening going, ha, ha, ha. Right. If I chew my food three times because you're in a hurry mm -hmm. or you're stressed out or you have habituated to gulping Mm -hmm. Your food. Well, and then you think about the type of food you're eating. Have you ever tried to chew a Twinkie 30 times? <laughs> right? I have never eaten a Twinkie. <laughs> I'm just saying, for example, right? And, and so depending on the food, if it's a piece of celery, I can definitely imagine chewing 30 times, right? Right. So you have to consider that if you're not able to chew your food that long, you might not be eating the right kind of food. Right? We have to have that fiber moving through our system. Right, That sweeps things clean. Um, and on top of that, it's, it's, we have to have that hydration from the food. You know, Again, we're so chronically dehydrated. You mentioned earlier that meat and potatoes are dehydrating. Yeah. Does that mean all animal protein is dehydrating? Uh, unless you're taking a bite out of a living animal, then yes, because it is, there is no fiber there. And it is a dead acid-forming food, which typically, it is dehydrating. It is much, much exponentially worse if you're already dehydrated, right? As something is moving through your system and it gets into your small intestine where you're going to start absorbing the water out of, say, your salad, right? And there's not really water to absorb. Well, you just kind of absorb what moisture there is in that steak or that hamburger or whatever. And then it just kind of sticks to your colon wall and if you don't have the fiber to wash that through or the water to wash that through later that's that's where people get into the colon cancers and weird things like that down the road so it's really important that you at least if you're going to have that stuff in your diet and i'm i'm not somebody recently got on me about pushing only vegan diet you know what there is a place for meat i accept it i personally haven't found a need for it in the last 10 years but I get it with some people. You're not there yet or it makes you work better. That's fine, but take it in stride. Don't eat a Mc, you know, a McBurger. I, I don't know what they're called anymore. It's been so long. <laughs> I don't believe that's the name, but I think I know what you're referring to. <laughs> yeah, don't don't have that stuff for lunch every day, you know? Traditionally we eat in in cycles of the year, right? We would mostly have our meats through the winter times, the hard times, right? Through the summer, it's so much easier and more efficient to eat out of your garden, out of your yard, out of your neighbor's yard, right? And you think of in the spring, the first things to come through, um, the pop-up, are your sulfur-rich things. Well, what's that do? That reduces inflammation, that kills off parasites, and basically undoes all the stuff that you were eating over the winter months. So eat it when it's necessary, but be mindful of it because, yes, it's, it's acid-forming, which leads to a whole host of problems. You know, just research acid-alkaline diet, right? And then it is dehydrating, and, and that just gets us into a world of hurt. And if that, if that food is not moving through, the waste is not moving through, then 
that's impacting the whole microbiome. Oh yeah. In terms of sort of the flo- you know the flora and fauna of yep. what's going on in your system. Hundred percent. Yep. If you have anything acid forming in there, right, on a regular basis, a lot of coffee drinkers, I have to tell them, you know, that caffeine is acid forming in the body. You know, it may not be as harmful in the bowels, but you have flora all throughout the body, not just the gut, right? And so let's let's go back to the meat example. If that is just sticking in there, then it's not just that that meat in that one spot is keeping, it's, it's not like a log laying in your garden that just doesn't allow plants to grow right there. It's that because that's polluting the area around it, it doesn't allow plants or your bacteria, your microbiome. I always use the garden analogy for gut. It just helps me explain it a little better. It, it kind of poisons that area. And then the only things that can grow would be your weeds, right? Which would be your yeast. And then once the weeds take over, your yeast takes over, it is really hard to get rid of it. And you have to work really hard to undo all that. So it's better to keep it very minimal and keep it in good balance with a lot of alkaline-forming foods, which are your raw fruits and vegetables. And that's seeds, berries, low heat, sprouted grains, leafy greens, all that kind of stuff. Mm, Say that three times fast. I can. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we are almost at the end here. So I just wanted to ask quickly, if somebody is interested in contacting you, Mm -hmm. what's your website? HealYourDisease.com. HealYourDisease.com. And they can find out more about you. They can make an appointment with you. Absolutely. Yep. Um, So if you pull up the website on the laptop, it'll be top right corner. You'll see a yellow box that says schedule time with Derek. Just just follow through. It'll help you pick out a time. If you're pulling it up on your phone, you got to scroll to the bottom or at the top. You can click on consultations and it will talk you through the whole thing. I think that you have such a wealth of information and it's so I love hearing how passionate you are about this because I know that you are helping people. So, Derek, thank you so much for being a part of the show. And we're going to do part two, which will be on next week, about another one of your fabulous skills. Thanks. Thank you so much. There are so many CBD stores from which to choose. CBD Jubilee sets itself apart from all the others with an excellent array of top-end hemp products and a knowledgeable staff that will work with you to get you feeling your best. Choose to take care of your body and mind in a foundational way by supplementing with CBD. Find out more great information about CBD at CBDJubilee.com. Today's show has been sponsored by CBD Jubilee, bringing you health and happiness every day. Thanks for tuning in.